everybody. Welcome to New Beginnings Online for this weekend. This is an actual special weekend for us. This is what we call Compassion Weekend. And we celebrate this occasion every year on the weekend before Thanksgiving. And compassion, this Compassion Weekend this year is a very special one. Um, many of you may know, those of you who are watching locally um, may know that last Sunday, we saw a tremendous outpouring of compassion as New Beginnings people from all three of our campuses, as well, of, as well as hundreds of people from our community, came together to show support for one of our families in our church, Adobo's family. And I'm sure our Heavenly Father is very well pleased when he sees all his children coming together with a great demonstration of, love, of his love in action. Now, as you're watching this, um, what we usually do at the end of our services on Compassion Weekend is we will allow people to come and take what we call a box of kindness. Uh, it's, it's a box full of groceries in addition to a turkey. And basically we provide the entire Thanksgiving meal and we give out uh, anywhere. This weekend we'll have anywhere from 350 to 400 Thanksgiving meals available for those that come to service. And it's uh, not only for those people within our congregation who may be in need, but it, it's especially for those in our congregations come and take a box, take a turkey, and bring it to someone who they know uh, may be in need this year so that they'll have a good Thanksgiving dinner. Um, this is a, a special time for us because it's the opportunity that we have to be in a very real way, a very practical way, um, the hands and feet of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, showing his love in a very practical way. Now, the topic we're dealing with, the subject is compassion. Now, from the internet, I went online to see what other people have to say about these things. And um, what we're told is that the Hebrew and Greek words translated compassion in the Bible um, mean to have mercy, to feel sympathy, to have pity, with the intent to relieve the burden or to meet the need. And we got to be careful with that. It's not just pity for pity's sake. In other words, you pity someone and just walk away. But it is compassion is can really be defined as having pity, but to the point where you jump in the pit with the individual, even as Jesus has jumped into the pit with us in order to give us a hand up and a way out. And that's true biblical compassion. It's not just uh, watching a TV program, let's say, uh, about orphans or about people that are hungry overseas and we just have this overwhelming sense of pity, but we don't do anything about it. True compassion, as, we, as is defined in the actions in the Bible, is that you, have, you take pity on someone, but you take action to relieve that burden, to action to relieve that situation. We don't just feel sorry for people and we walk away from them. We know that according to the Bible, God is a compassionate and gracious God. It describes him as, as being slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. It's actually one of the titles, the Hebrew titles, that defines God's personality. He is called the God of compassion, El Racham. It really is defined as a compassionate God. It's one of his names. Um, according to Psalm 86, verse 15, it, sa it says here, the Lord, you are Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, 
slow to anger and abounding in love and faithfulness. We better thank God he is that way. Slow to anger, abounding in love and faithful. Like all of God's attributes, his compassion is infinite and eternal. His compassions never fail. As it tells us in Lamentations, they are new every morning. Lamentations verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 22. Because of the, great, the, of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. In other words, we better thank God that he's compassionate. We better be grateful that he doesn't just move on us every time we do something wrong, every time we sin, every time we make a mistake. But it goes on to say his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Every morning. It's like we start with a fresh slate. Every morning we have the opportunity to start clean. And depending on God's grace, depending on the power of the Holy Spirit within us, thank God that his compassion has made that available to us. Think about that. It's his attitude towards us that makes his grace available to us. It's his attitude of compassion for us that caused him to make his Holy Spirit available to us. Now I want you to consider this. The compassion of God releases the power of God. In the Gospels, it is said over and over again about Jesus that he was moved with compassion. What does that mean? He was affected by compassion in his soul. He was affected by the pity that he had for, for those that he saw that were so beat down by this life. And what happened when Jesus would be moved with compassion, things would happen. And really think about this. If Jesus is moved with compassion, Jesus is God in the flesh. That tells us that God is moved with compassion. And when God is moved with compassion, when Jesus was moved in compassion, when he was here physically on earth, people were saved, people were healed, people were comforted. In one, in one account, people were fed supernaturally because Jesus had compassion on them. They had no food. Jesus had compassion on a man named Lazarus, had compassion on his sisters, Martha and Mary. That compassion rose up in Jesus. And what happened? The supernatural power of God was released for that man to be raised from the dead and be presented back to his family. Think about that. Moved with compassion, affected by compassion, transformed by compassion. Let me ask you this question. When was the last time you were moved with compassion? What about that person that was rude to you? What about the person who cut you off in traffic? What about that person at work that, that's done you wrong? What about the person who's mean to you, the one who stabs you in the back? Is there any compassion for that individual or do we rise up in vengeance? Do we rise up and look for every opportunity to retaliate? Thank God that Jesus was moved with compassion not vengeance, not retaliation, even at his trial when he could have struck out at all those people with their false accusations. He didn't open his mouth to defend himself. All he did was to love. He was moved with compassion because they were sheep without a shepherd, without guidance, without someone to comfort them. And Jesus knows this, and we should learn this. He knows that hurt people will always hurt other people. So the person that cuts you off in traffic, we don't really know what was going on, how hurt they were. 
the person that's mean to you at work, they may be going through something that's causing them to act that way. Uh, those that stab you in the back, hurt people will always hurt people. And we never know what people are going through. In the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, the author, Stephen Covey, relates a story, a very personal experience that he had while he was on a New York subway. The passengers were sitting quietly in the subway car when a man entered with children who were extremely noisy and very active. To Covey's surprise, the man, who was obviously the father, sat down, closed his eyes, ignoring the loud, rambunctious children. He sat as though he were oblivious to them. And the subway car is just full of chaotic noise. The children's behavior was way out of line, and everyone was getting agitated except the father. Finally, the author, Convy, leaned over and spoke to the man about his children. The father opened his eyes and seemed to finally grasp the situation. Oh, you're right. I guess I should do something about it. We just came from the hospital where their mother died about an hour ago. I don't know what to think, and I guess they don't know how to handle it either. Wow. Imagine what this author of this book felt like. After sitting there in judgment, the other people in the subway car, agitated, annoyed, not knowing, though, what this person was going through and what those children were going through. So at this time, before we even go any further with this message, I want us to take just a moment and right now and ask God to give us his love and his compassion for others. Father, cause our hearts to break with the things that break your heart. Help us to see people through your eyes, through the eyes of love and compassion. Help us to stop being selfish and being self-centered, Lord, by the power of your spirit, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. You know, maybe our compassion would be stirred up a little bit more. Maybe our compassion would become more active in our own souls. If we took time to remember how gracious God has been to us and how good he has been to us. <clears throat> how patient he's been with our own faults and with our own flaws. Maybe if we were grateful about how he's still willing to work with us to bring us to a place of being more and more like Jesus in spite of all of our flaws, all of our hurts, all of our unkind actions. <clears throat> I want to talk about five great blessings that we can be thankful for. Hopefully, these will stir up compassion in our hearts for others. Number one, we can be very grateful for a peace that cannot be disturbed. John chapter 14, verse 27, I'm going to read to you from the New Living Translation. Jesus speaking, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. We, we can be grateful and thankful for the peace of God that, he, that brings rock-solid stability into our otherwise chaotic lives. Life is chaotic. I don't care who you are, what your background is, what your backstory is, no matter what part of the country or no matter what country you live in, no matter what age, life is chaotic. We're constantly facing things that are unexpected, but we have this promise from God Almighty 
on the lips of the Lord Jesus Christ, that he'll give us a peace. It says somewhere else that passes all understanding. Peace of mind, the peace of heart. And when you tap into the peace that God has, it brings stability. We become rock solid instead of shaken, instead of traumatized. Number two, we're grateful that he's given us a righteousness that cannot be shaken. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 21. For he, who made, for he, God, made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might or could become the righteousness of God in him. Now, now look at it this way. God's compassion for us caused him to take all of our sin, all of the punishment that you and I deserved, and put it on Jesus so that when he looks at us, he no longer sees our sin. He looks at us through eyes of compassion. He took pity on us, but didn't just take pity on us and walk away. He took pity on us and put all the punishment that you deserved and I deserved and put it on his son, the Lord Jesus. He had pity on us and his compassion would not permit him to leave us in our former condition. His compassion changes us. Number three, we can be grateful and we can, have, we can have compassion for others because Jesus has had compassion on us and he's given us an acceptance that cannot be earned. Ephesians chapter one, verse six says, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he, God, made us accepted in the beloved. The beloved is Jesus. God's compassion caused him to accept us to reach out to us, to draw us close to him because of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're accepted in Christ. Now, think of it this way. Most times when we buy something in an as-is condition, it's usually not a bargain. It's usually dented. Maybe it's malfunctioning. It could be a scratch. It could be something. It could be old. It could be dusty. It could be worn out. And so when we buy something that's listed as is, if you buy a home that's as is, you don't know what's behind the walls. You don't know if there's going to be plumbing problems, but you're going into it knowing that there's a possibility you could be facing some tremendous problems in the future. Well, I hate to say it, but the truth of the matter is every single one of us has an as is sign hanging on us. And God accepted us because he took compassion upon us. And we were no bargain, but Jesus still purchased us with his blood. That is something for us to be grateful about. And that is something for us to allow that gratitude to, to develop into compassion for others. Number four, we have a salvation that cannot be taken away. First Peter chapter one, verse three. All praise to God, the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again. Because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, now we live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. That's because of his compassion for us. We have a salvation that's not shifting and moving and constantly wondering, oh my God, am I still saved? Am I not saved? Did I cross the line? Does God still love me? Am I still going to heaven? Because of his compassion, he's given us security 
in our relationship with him. Number five of the five things that we can be grateful for. We have been delivered by his blood. Precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians chapter one, verse 13. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. Talking about God Almighty, our Father in heaven. Has delivered us from the power of darkness. Has conveyed us, conveyed, transferred, translated us into the kingdom of the son of his love. He took us out of the kingdom of darkness, brought us into the kingdom of his love. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. His compassion did that. He didn't have to go to the cross. He didn't have to shed his blood. He did it because he saw you and he saw me in a very terrible condition. And he decided to take action. Now, compassion alludes to kindness and sympathy. But there's something deeper, something even more profoundly powerful in its meaning. And in order to grasp that, we need to go to the language of Latin, Latin language. And in Latin, the word compati almost sounds like combative, means to suffer with. And that's where we get our word compassion from. Now think of it this way, to suffer with, to battle with. Compassion, I want you to get this. Compassion means someone else's heartbreak becomes your heartbreak. So we suffer too. Some, another suffering becomes our suffering. That's, that's true compassion. And listen, true compassion changes the way we live. True compassion caused Jesus to go to the cross. True compassion caused his disciples in the early church to give their lives for the gospel. True compassion will cause people to do things over and above what they normally would. Jesus allowed our suffering to become his suffering, our heartbreak to become his heartbreak. He's, he got in there to combat the adversity in our lives. He's in there with us in the pit to pull us out, not to leave us there, not to say, I told you so, not to say, well, you made your bed, now you sleep in it. He jumps in that pit with us whether that's depression, whether it's sickness, whether it's poverty, whether it's loneliness, whether it's that living a life that seems purposeless, his compassion causes him to jump right in there with us and pull us out and set our feet in a stable place. His compassion toward us changes the way we live. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 God made him who had no sin. I'm repeating this from before. God made him who had no sin because this is so powerful. This is the great transfer. This is the great exchange based on the compassion of God. God made him, Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. His compassion for mankind, his pity over our miserable state, caused him to take our sin on himself. How horrible that must have been since he, Jesus, had never known sin, had never experienced sin, had never experienced remorse, had never experienced hardness of heart, had never experienced all the challenges that, that you and I live with all the time. He never experienced them personally until he came to the cross. 
at the cross, he experienced the loneliness, the sense of abandonment, the sense of rejection, fear, physical pain, emotional pain. He took it all upon himself because of the compassion that he has for you and he has for me. Now it comes, becomes our part to play. We've seen about all this compassion that comes from God. We've seen the five different things that we can be grateful for that will cause us to develop compassion in our hearts towards others. Now it's our part to play. Second Corinthians 5, that same chapter. And verse 18 says this, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us this message of reconciliation. Verse 20 says this, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. Remember, compassion will change your life and make you act differently. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you, we beg you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So now, having been impacted by the compassion of God, you and I now have the responsibility and the opportunity to now be ambassadors of a kingdom of compassion, to now be ambassadors of the kingdom of love and go and bring this compassion to others to show compassion on others, to, to take pity on others, not pity and just walk away, but pity that transforms and develops into action. We now, as agents of compassion, beg others, be reconciled to God. We're the ones God is counting on to show compassion to those who are lost, who are bound by life-controlling issues, who are impoverished, who are burdened. God's hope, now this will sound strange. You say, God has hope. Yeah, God has hope. God has dreams. God has wishes. God has desires. And his hope, he's trusting that you and I will abandon our own self-interest and put someone else's interests first. That is the, that is the true the true picture of Christianity, following the footsteps of our Savior, allowing him to make us agents of compassion, that we would very naturally from the inside have compassion on others. His compassion turns us into ambassadors, representatives of a kingdom built on love, begging every person that we come in contact with to receive his love. Now this weekend, we're giving away these Thanksgiving dinners. But listen, I look at it this way. If all it takes is a turkey and a box of groceries to change a person's heart, then dear Lord, let's buy every turkey, every bag of stuffing and every can of cranberry sauce and let's pack the kingdom of God with new believers. Maybe God's gonna show you a different way to show compassion. Maybe you're going to watch this in the future and it's not Compassion Weekend. It's not even the Thanksgiving season. But there's always an opportunity to show compassion to others. There's always an opportunity to bless 
others. There's always an opportunity to reach out and show kindness. But even greater, there's always an opportunity to understand someone might be going through something very traumatic in their lives right now. And they might not be acting the way they should. They might not be talking the way they should. They might not be thinking the way they should. But we can have compassion and we can show patience and we can walk in love and we can walk in forgiveness. That can never be taken away from us. Let's do everything we can to lift a burden on some single mom. Let's encourage every unemployed dad who's trying to meet the needs of their children. Let's let every lonely senior know that they're not forgotten. Let's, let's show that compassion to everyone that we can, even if it's just an understanding, and even if it's just in a pat on the back. Let's do what we can. Father, I pray, Lord, right now, you are the Father of all compassion. Thank you, Lord, for having compassion on us. Thank you for lifting each one of us up out of our very own pit of despair. We look to you, Father, to develop in us a heart of compassion. Please help us to see others the way you see them. Father, forgive us for the times that we've missed it. And may every person we come in contact with sense your love through our actions. In Jesus' name, amen. I pray this has been a blessing to you. I pray that the Holy Spirit would rise up in you and take you to a new level of compassion. When you come to that new level of compassion, you're going to see that you come to a new level of effectiveness in representing the kingdom of God. God bless you. In Jesus' name, amen.